We shall continue our studies in Paul's letter to the Romans. This evening we're going to consider a righteousness apart from the law. A righteousness apart from the law. We're looking at chapter 3, verse 21 through to 23. Just three verses tonight. I'll read them now. Romans chapter 3 verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This evening we're going to consider that righteousness that is apart from the law. Therefore, I think before we go any further, we need to have a clear understanding of what righteousness actually means. If sin is rebellion against God's law which it is, that's what sin is, then righteousness is the opposite. It is conformity to God's law. If a person is justified in God's sight, that means that he has been declared righteous by God and God sees him as having conformed to his law. If a person is justified in God's sight, that means he has been righteous and of course that means every one of us here doesn't it we have all uh, conformed to God's laws however the problem is that we can't say yes to that there is no one who will ever stand justified before a holy and righteous God through his own obedience to the law although the doers of the law shall be justified According to Romans chapter 2 and verse 13, the fact of the matter is that we have all transgressed God's laws. We have all broken his laws. Up until chapter 2, sorry, chapter 3 and verse 21, the Apostle Paul has demonstrated very convincingly that there is no, no one righteous, no, not one. We saw that in Romans chapter 3 and verse 10. Also, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Verse 20. The reason for that is because Jews and Gentiles alike, in other words, all the people of the world are under sin. Verse 9. What Paul said may not be music to the ears, but it is true. And it has been the case throughout history, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And it is vitally important to appreciate that you can do nothing whatsoever to be justified by the law. And that is because everything that you do, everything that I do, is stained through with sin. 
However, what comes next most certainly is music to the ears of helpless and hopeless sinners. If you glance back, first of all, to chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. I'm probably going to keep on coming back to those two verses. Chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first, and also to the gent- to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. In those two key verses, Paul declared that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. For therein is the righteousness of God Revealed, The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. It is the righteousness of God. And that really is good news. It is something that Paul went on to explain in detail from chapter 3 and verse 21 onwards. The righteousness of God. Back to three, chapter 3 verse 21 and 22. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. Those first two words in verse 21. But now ought to bring tremendous relief. To the sinner's heart. But now separates what Paul has said thus far. About no one being righteous in God's sight by the deeds of the law. Because we are all guilty sinners. To what he was going on to talk about from verse 21 onwards. The Baptist minister Martin Lloyd-Jones said of those two words but now. There are no more wonderful words in the whole Bible than those two words, but now. Never really thought of it that way before, but they're certainly very important words. In verse 21, Paul declared a righteousness of God without or apart from the law being revealed. We know from chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, that it is a righteousness that is revealed in the gospel of Christ. And according to chapter 3 and verse 21, that righteousness of God that is revealed in the gospel is witnessed by the law and the prophets. Revealed in the gospel, but it is witnessed by the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets refer to the whole Old Testament scriptures, or as Paul called them earlier on in chapter 3, the oracles of God. So you've got the righteousness of God, which is preached in the gospel, being witnessed by the Old Testament. Likewise, back in chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 again, when Paul said, 
as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Well, as it is written, where? Where was he getting that from? He was quoting from the book of Habakkuk, which is in the Old Testament scriptures. Therefore, we need not think that the righteousness of God, which is apart from the law, was some new testament doctrine which Paul was introducing. It has its origins in the Old Testament. Looking at verse 22, it is written that the righteousness of God is by faith of Jesus Christ. That means that it is with a God-given faith in Jesus that the righteousness of God is conveyed to believers. Apart from anything else, what that should tell you is that you will never be able to stand before God with his righteousness, with the righteousness of God, if you are not trusting in Jesus. Your acceptance before God can only ever be by faith in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Something you would need to tell people, friends of yours who perhaps have some other religion, it is only by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that we can stand before God with his righteousness. Also the righteousness of God that is revealed in the Old Testament is in fact the righteousness of Christ. In that even though we have no righteousness of our own because we are natural born sinners, Jesus on the other hand was perfectly obedient without sin in life and in death. Therefore, he most certainly does have a righteousness. And it is that righteousness that is conveyed by God to all who are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. That The Bible makes it very clear that the Son of God in his humanity fulfilled the law's demands perfectly. For example, in Paul's epistle, epistle to the Philippians, chapter 2 and verse 8, <clears throat> he said the following about Jesus. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As such, in the fullness of time, in God's perfect time, the Son of God came down from heaven. He stepped down from his heavenly throne. He came into this dark world of sin. He became flesh, which meant him becoming obedient to the law, which he lived under and he died under. He lived under the law and he died under the law when Jesus came into this world. In his life, the Lord Jesus Christ perfectly kept the law. For example, in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Note that in that statement, Jesus declared that he had come not only to fulfill the law's demands, but also to fulfill the prophets. In other words, Jesus came to fulfill the Old Testament scriptures. 
they are fulfilled in him. The law and the prophets, everything. In his death, various Old Testament scriptures were fulfilled. For example, just picking one out, in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4, it is written, Behold, all souls are mine, as the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. In the fullness of time, the Lord Jesus Christ sacrificially laid down his life, bearing the sins of those he came to save. When he laid down his life on the cross, and God commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When you appreciate that the righteousness of God is the righteousness of Jesus, in that Jesus was obedient to the law in life and in death, when you turn to various Old Testament prophecies, such as Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6, bearing in mind that Jesus not only fulfilled the law's demands, he fulfilled the prophets, turn to the prophecy of Jeremiah Chapter 23, verse 5, verse 6, where it is written, Behold the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. You can read those words with a clear understanding that they refer to none other than the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord our righteousness. Let's have a look at Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When the Lord Jesus Christ comes in judgment at the end of the world, do not imagine that Jesus will sit on his throne of judgment and he will listen very carefully as all the evidence for the prosecution is read out and that then Jesus will then go away and... Think about it and make a decision as to whether or not a person is guilty of sin. Likewise, do not imagine that Jesus will send out a jury of angels to, liber- to deliberate and record a verdict of guilty or not guilty. As can be seen here in verse 23, the verdict has already been given. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even so, proud and sinful people insist that they are able to produce a righteousness of their own, a self-righteousness, which has no value whatsoever. The Old Testament describes self-righteousness as filthy rags. That's not much, is it? The fact of the matter is that the only righteousness that has any value before a holy and righteous judge is 
the righteousness of God, which is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because it is of God, it is a righteousness that has everlasting value. It is a righteousness that would give you an everlasting acceptance by God. All of you who by faith have received the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Trusting in him, his obedience in life and in death. This is very short. I'm coming to a close now. The gospel of Christ, when it is preached, it really ought to reveal the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ, who fulfilled the law's demands in life and in death. That is the gospel. We've seen that tonight. Most people will never believe the gospel of Christ and they will be judged as sinners and they will be condemned. However, the righteousness of God is upon those who believe in Jesus. Not only is the righteousness of God upon them, they are covered with it. As it is written in Isaiah 6, chapter 61 and verse 10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decketh himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. So the righteousness of God is upon us. It covers us when we are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you see how when we enter into the presence of God as people trusting in Jesus. We are accepted in Jesus. When uh, God sees us, he sees that perfect righteousness of his dear son. At the end of verse 22, it is written, for there is no difference. That means it matters not whether you are Jew or Gentile, male or female, black or white, slave or free. You will only ever be accepted by a holy and righteous God if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are clothed in his righteousness. Finally, don't leave here thinking that Christians stand accepted before God, clothed in the righteousness of a dead saviour. Far from it, Jesus is alive, having been raised from the dead after he fulfilled the law's demands and he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God where he ever lives to make intercession for all who come to God by him, clothed in his righteousness, having been washed in his blood. Amen.